Back to episode 70, Bang a Gong, Get It On, Bang a Gong, Get It On. By uh, T Rex. T Rex, exactly. Yeah. 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 One of, one of my old school faves. It is old school indeed. I like it. Um, yeah, I fucking love that song. I also yeah. like T Rex a lot. Yeah. I, I think I like T Rex in the sense that, like, I haven't heard a T-Rex song I don't like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those for me. Yeah, right. Um, I was hanging out with my buddy Nick yesterday, and he was like, dude, I've been listening, I've been jamming to, like, The Doors a lot lately. <laughs> and I was like, you would get along with Eli pretty well. Because uh, I, I yeah. while I like The Doors, I don't fully understand it. Like, um, yeah, I, 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 it's not like I hate them, but I'm not, like, I don't know how to say this. I'm I'm just not I'm not gonna choose to listen to it for fun. I guess is how I how I put it. I don't think you're in love with that era of music. I'm not right. I I, I don't I don't think that era of music you really get into. Um, actually, when we get to what what you crank and this is kind of interesting. We'll kind of come back to this era of music. Ooh, all right. Because I've been cranking somebody in that era, and I have a lot of opinions onto I think why. I mm. like that era because honestly, man, late sixties, early seventies music is like such my fucking jam. Yeah, and I, I, it, but like I said, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, I get that. Anyways, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. What up, um, you guys? I have something really embarrassing to admit. Oh, please do. I'm pretty sure I like Young Sheldon. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. <laughs> it is now over. Uh, why? Friendship done. <laughs> why were you watching that? I Because uh, I don't know why, but Facebook always has young Sheldon clips. And you don't need to watch them. I don't, <laughs> but I tune past in. It. <laughs> I tune in to kind of see what's going on with it, you know. Uh, and I watched a clip today, and I swear to God, it made me cry. What? <laughs> so here, uh, here, here's the clip though. So it's basically like the 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 daughter and the family wants her dad, the dad. Also, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be that dad because I will admit he does make me laugh. Yeah, right? Okay, I'm not helping my case. No. The girl wants to learn how to play baseball. She goes to the dad and says, "Can you teach me how to throw a baseball?" And he's asking all these questions like, "Why? Like, why? I mean, I will, but why?" And apparently she wants to do it because she's like got a crush on a boy who plays baseball. Gotcha. So they go out in the yard and he's like teaching her how to throw. And the dad figures out it's about a boy because like the boy likes the Texas Rangers and they're talking about the Texas Rangers. So (laughs) they have this 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 father daughter moment. And then later on, uh, apparently in the episode, uh, the boy doesn't like her. 
he likes somebody else so he ignores her so she's like crying in her room and the dad doesn't really know what to do or really how to console a young girl and her first heartbreak and they're just crying and he's like well what what can i do and then just cuts to them playing catch and talking and i cried i cried i couldn't help it i cried i didn't want to cry it was just like i mean i didn't ball i just like i i welled up sure 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 yeah yeah um but it it was just sweet it was a sweet thing i mean i'll give you that that's a neat idea like it's it seems way more heartfelt than its predecessor um which i just can't stand so (laughs) i i agree i think that there's some i think there might be a tinge of young sheldon that actually has really good writers that write it Mm -hmm. also it's not a live studio audience kind of show that's good yeah and i think that helps um because then i saw a clip from the big bang theory and i was like oh yeah i still hate that right yeah yeah so is there a laugh track in this uh in this young sheldon no no okay no, but that's why I get a chuckle because the dad super makes me laugh because like there was a scene where he's watching TV and his son walks in who the the son is not Sheldon, the, his older brother, who's gotcha. pretty dumb, walks in and was like, dad, how'd you like to get rich? And he's just like, go away. <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, that was really funny because I'm pretty sure that's what I would do. My yeah. 12 year old punk ass kid comes in hey dad you want to get rich like go away just leave me alone just don't fucking talk to me yeah so i so i I, i'm not saying i'm gonna binge watch young sheldon all i'm saying is they wrote a scene that made me cry and i that's impressive that yeah that that is impressive i'll give you that but uh i'm still not gonna go run out and watch it either so uh i i think i'm just getting older and like all of a sudden i'm like afraid to die and like max matchbox 20 sounds better and better (laughs) i i think i like dave matthews like i don't know what's going on no i mean i i agree with that second part man like i've always i've always been a big proponent of matchbox 20 uh yeah i kind of have to i've kind of always liked um there's a uh rory scoville has a joke he's like uh uh do you guys ever get like six songs deep into a matchbox 20 and and then think to yourself what the fuck am i doing (laughs) I have this on vinyl. <laughs> oh god! And I, I do, and I do own that album on vinyl, by the way. <laughs> their fr- their first album. Yeah, yeah. The uh, yeah. Is, is there a more pointless album to own on vinyl? Because like, it's the sound quality is not better. It's just like a crappy pop album. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, that if you have any point, I think it would be that. It's right. not like it, it's pretty shallow, but uh, yeah. I don't know. It's funny. I'd, I I would buy that on vinyl. I'd yeah. buy a Dixie Chicks yeah, album on vinyl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would, yeah. For sure. For sure. It's my only country section would be the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> right. Well, they're the Chicks now. Also. Exactly. Yeah, the Chicks. Yeah. Oh, we talked about that because I didn't did know we? that. I think Erica knew that. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't. did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, Erica's kind of woke. Right. Well, they they well they put out a new album on vinyl. I think we saw it when we were at um, uh, Shake It, and it was it it said the Dixie Chicks, but I was like, I thought they changed their name. Apparently, they changed their name after they put out all these vinyls. So it's bad timing. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Get while the getting's good. Yeah, I all guess right, so. Mitch. Well, with that being said, would you like to get into some what you drinking? Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, I right. could go for a drink. Um, I've got today. I'm gonna keep it pretty pretty easy. Uh, I'm not going hard in the paint today. Um, I've got a Bud Light Platinum 
seltzer. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, it was a gift from a friend for an anniversary gift. And uh, I have not had it yet, but I, I've, it, it's 8%, so it's more than just the regular like Bud Light seltzers. So I think that's what's platinum about it. So yeah, that's that. Yeah, more alcohol. Yeah, I think the the and the flavor I chose is wild berry, which sounds delicious. So let's Ooh. see what's see what happens. The the wildest of berries. That is delightful. Yeah, good. Yeah, I like it. Very very smooth, very f- refreshing. Um, the berry is on point. It says made with agave, so I think that's Ooh. a good thing. I'm Ooh. Not entirely well, sure what agave is, but it sounds good. <laughs> it's what. That's what they put in tequila. Ah, yeah, there you go. Cool. I so think yeah. it's kind of like an avocado. <laughs> I don't. I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think you're probably right. I'm probably wrong. I thought it was like a natural, natural sweetener, kind of like honey. But I could oh. be wrong too. I thought it was a plant. <laughs> Well, we I guess it could go- still be a plant. We could just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just like prove to the listeners once and for all that we are complete dumbasses. <laughs> yeah, or we could just try to really just, figure this out ourselves. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, let's let leave it in the air. So everybody at home yelling like, it's this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you fucking idiots. It's a fruit, you dumbass. <laughs> uh, I looked it up on the Wikipedia and I still have no idea. It says agave is a genus of monocots native to the hot arid region of the Americas, although some agave species are also native to tropical areas of South America. Agave is primarily known for its succulent and xerophotic species that typically form large rosettes of strong, fleshy leaves. So, so it I, has leaves. I guess it's a plant. Yeah. So you might be right. It's probably closer to an avocado than it is a honey. <laughs> <laughs> This is Sounds the right. dumbest conversation we have <laughs> ever had. Agreed. Well, Mitch, moving on. This yeah. is why we're friends, because I also have a seltzer. Oh, right on. I have a particular seltzer. I've been kind of talking a lot of shit on. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, pick me up a White Claw. Nice. Ooh, which, you got the Black Cherry, which is my favorite flavor, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely drank this on the podcast before, but I was just, I felt like I've been talking a lot of shit about mm-hmm. White Claw, so I kind of felt like I needed to just go back and taste it. Just give it and a fair also, shake. a normal beer kind of hurt my tummy in the morning. All sure. right, here's behind the scenes fact. It hurts my tummy, Bumpy. All right? <laughs> and every now and then, I just got to take it easy. I mean, and I get that, man. I'm kind of doing the same thing. I, I had uh, many, many beers last night, so I... Uh, decided to just uh, chill with an eight percent seltzer <laughs> no i yeah i mean i don't blame you at all um this tastes fine there's nothing wrong with this yeah you know this how is does, good how does it compare to the other seltzers you've had though if they kind of all taste the same yeah they Can do I a just, little bit hot take i take back everything i said they Whoa. all taste the fuck they all taste the fucking same you're coming around hard on that. <laughs> I am a little bit because this this tastes totally fine. Yeah, I think it's... I think what it is is when I sit down and I drink a seltzer for the first time in a while after drinking primarily beer, it like blows my mind. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> right. So this is the greatest seltzer ever, and it's like they all fucking taste like Lacroix. They all taste the same. I like right. Lacroix. I like seltzers. 
Yeah. I, so that's the thing. I don't really like Lacroix. Um, so and I and I do agree with you that I think all seltzers pretty much taste the same. Um, but there are certain flavors that I hate, like the lime, any that's sort fair. of. Um, so I'll I'll never like that. So for me, it's more about like what flavors can you put out that are interesting. Um, I haven't tried it, but uh, White Claw has a watermelon. Uh, White Claw, that sounds pretty good. I, I like watermelon. Um, that's why I typically like the Trulies, too. They have like some cool flavors, like mango and stuff. Well, White Claw has mango now, too. So, well, and that's so he, that that brings me up to my point I was thinking of. Like, should you just buy the cheapest seltzer? Like, why spend more money on a seltzer that's pretty much going to taste the same? Yeah. I don't think this is like Coke. This isn't a secret formula. Right. It's water. It's carbonated <laughs> water and alcohol, and they just dump flavoring into exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So, why 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 buy the name brand? Exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. <laughs> We're on to something here, man. Yes, sir. Yes. This is um, big doings. <laughs> Let's get into lightning round. Let's uh let's end this nonsense with Shout more out. nonsense. Yes. Question number one. Who is your Mount Rushmore of rappers? Like your top four personal favorites that mean the most to you. So so I'm not ranking the greatest of all time. I'm, right. I'm going from my per- oh, just okay. your personal, yeah. Okay, that's a little bit easier. Um, definitely first one off the bat, Kendrick Lamar. Ooh, good one. Yeah, just Kendrick. Uh, just I don't. I don't think there's a whole. I think I've definitely gushed about Kendrick on the podcast, so I don't even really need to get into that. But definitely Kendrick. Um, I think after Kendrick. I th- I think I would put I would probably put J Cole on there too, and then I would probably I'm trying to come up with the four that are like jumping out. I feel like I would just kind of go like Kendrick, J Cole, probably Dim Atlas. You know, definitely he's he's a you know not a well known guy, but definitely mm-hmm. means a lot to me. Um, and then. Fucking, I don't know who my fourth would be, because I don't want to put somebody like Eminem. Because at this point, I'm I'm like, yeah, maybe like Eminem was like the person as a white boy who kind of like maybe be like, oh, maybe I like rap. Yeah, which he did. But like, I'm pretty sure I kind of like Public Enemy before Eminem, mm-hmm. like because they were in the Tony Hawk games. Oh yeah, that's right. So. I was into that, so, um, but I, like, really just don't like Eminem anymore. Um, fuck, I'm having, I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble. I want to pass it over to you. Who, who, who are yours? Okay, so my four Mount Rushmore rappers would be, um, Childish Gambino is definitely going to be up there. Mm. Um, I probably gushed about him, too, so I don't need to get into it. Um... The my other favorite would uh, the, I I'd have to go with uh, probably Q Tip from a Tribe Called Quest. Um, mm. So I, I fucking love a Tribe Called Quest. They are such a good balance of jazz and like 
clever hip-hop their lyrics are amazing in the sense that like early 90s hip-hop lyrics were amazing you know they weren't like trying to you know do the eminem rap god thing they were mostly just coming up with like rhymes that were kind of simple but like oh shit that's good that's clever um they were all kind of just trying to be funny that's what that's what i love about early night like 90s rap um and then i'm gonna have to go with uh I can't, I, I can't narrow down a favorite, but it has to be someone from Beastie Boys. Um, they oh, okay. were they were pretty uh, they were pretty critical in my rap. Like to me, the those were the white guys that got me into to hip hop, not Eminem. Um, right. And right. I just I just, yeah I just I, I I like Beastie Boys a lot because like the idea of just like three white Jewish guys from New York can be like <laughs> amazing rappers and just change the genre. Like, and like, you know, use actual like rock guitars, instruments in there and they just fucking rock. Um, and then my fourth I think is atmosphere. Um, he's oh. just got such good lyrics, heartfelt. Um, and he's a genuinely good rapper. Great dude. Um, so yeah, that about sums it up. No, I, I like yours. Um, I think yours is good. So I'm going to go back to mine because I think I can flesh this out better. I'm going Kendrick. I'm going J. Cole. I'm going Dim Atlas. And then I'm doing uh, just because I can't pick anybody and I actually just like them because I think they're, they, you know, they're a band is just the roots. Oh, so one yeah. just one one is just going to be all of the roots. Yeah, that's great. Because <laughs> there's like what, probably 72 people in that band or so. <laughs> I, think, I think so. 73. They actually recently added one more. Oh, um, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I've always been a bigger roots fan than a than a Tribe Called Quest fan. Okay. Um, not that I think that's like necessarily a comparison to me, right. but um, the roots, the thing I always liked about the roots are like Questlove and the musicians and then the rapping is on point. And yeah. I just love that they sit in a room and play a song together. And then like, that's like how their music works is you go see them and like they're playing the song. It's right. not like, and they're just all like super great fucking musicians. And I, I don't, I, hate jimmy fallon for what he has done to the roots <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, um, I, I i completely agree but i still love the roots i their shit is just like very complex and like dense and that's why i like to listen to it so yeah that'd be mine right on i like it no very good answers um okay question two kind of similar but not what is your mount rushmore of athletes your top four favorite athletes of all time. Spoiler alert, mine are all going to be baseball players because I don't really give a shit about the other sports. <laughs> um, number one off the bat, I'm going to go Dennis Bird. He was a lineman for the Jets. Okay. Um, really, really cool guy. Uh, there was a game and he actually, uh, crashed into another player and actually became paralyzed. Oh, wow. Told him he'd never walk again, all that stuff. Um, well, he was, he was able to, he was able to learn how to walk again. And, uh, I think he passed away a few years back. I actually don't remember. Um, but yeah, just a guy that I think really does epitomize kind of that organization of mm -hmm. being like a fighter and like overcoming that shit. And I fucking hate the Jets franchise for not pulling up their their um more 
reputable fucking players like Dennis Bird. Um, so Dennis Bird for sure. Um, then I'm probably going to go. I think I'm gonna go Joey Votto. Oh, okay, that's a good answer. I- and I and I think I'm I'm picking Votto just because like he's just this big Italian motherfucker. I mean I love him. <laughs> Um, and I just, you know, I think he's going to be a red for life. And, um, I mean, hopefully, um, mm-hmm. but just when I started to be an adult and watch baseball and actually get to go to the games and stuff like that, like yeah. with you, like we, we have both been sitting in the stands watching Joey Votto play. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, he's just kind of pivotal in my my love of the game yeah i almost put him and i think he would definitely get the top five but um uh we'll get into that later but no i I totally agree with you there because one of one of the things i love about him is that my first reds game um that i ever went to he got ejected like the very first inning for just like swearing at the umpire for calling really bad calls um and then ever since that i was just like shit this guy this guy fucks this is awesome (laughs) this guy fucks he still bangs (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Dennis Bird, uh, Joey Votto. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do Curtis Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, he was running back for the Jets for a while. Amazing running back. When I got into the Jets, kind of like that, when I, I think I was like 10 years old and I was like, I like the Jets. And that's just where it's been ever since. Yeah. Um, cause I'm that fucking loyal. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just amazing running back. And at that time he was like one of the fucking best part of the whole team, but it was just, I mean, an amazing guy to see play. So like, I miss when the jets had players like that, that were just, you know, fucking unbelievable and, you know, put in the work no matter what team they were on. And then I think from there, I kind of want to throw, um, Tim Waitfield in there. I don't know I who that is either. <laughs> uh, the Boston Red Sox pitcher that was a knuckleballer. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to put Tim Wakefield on there just because, like, hearing his story is, like, so crazy. Like, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like, this guy just, like, struggled a lot in his career. I mean, he was never necessarily a bad pitcher, but just struggled a lot. Um, worked, like, crazy hard, and he, and, he, and he got the knuckleball pitch, and he pitched into, like, his fucking 40s mm-hmm. yeah. throwing this knuckleball. And um, just, like, a really interesting guy. And, like, in that knuckleball documentary, you see, like, him and his family, and they talk about how often they had to move and move their family around and all this stuff. I was like, man, that's fucking hard. I would have quit. You know why I don't play sport? I would have fucking quit. (laughs) I'd just been like, this is dumb. I'm tired of doing this. Like, and just to love the game or to want to do something that badly and then to just see him just throw those fucking nasty knucklers and just he's striking out Jeter and shit with him. It's It's just crazy. It's so cool. And that's, yeah, so definitely Tim Wakefield would be in there. No, that's dope. Yeah, that's that. Those are good answers. Um, I think mine are. Um, <clears throat> so as I said, they're all going to be baseball players. I have a couple honorable mentions that I can't squeeze in there. I'll start off with that. Um, as I mentioned, Joey Votto. Um, the other, my other favorite is going to be Doc Ellis. 
um, from the Pirates that pitched. He's the one that he's got a documentary. Check it out. It's called No No. He's the one that pitched oh. a no hitter on acid in the seventies. Yes, such a great guy. Such a great story. <laughs> um, so those are the honorable mentions. Here's my top four. Um, number four, uh, Randy Johnson, um, okay. one of the best players pitchers in the history of the game. He threw a 102 mile per hour fastball at age 40. Um, just yeah, he insane. was he was one of the first people to just like throw heat and this was like back in the 80s and 90s before people were regularly throwing 100 miles an hour now it's a little more common but he was just like a the wild card um, he also killed a fucking bird <laughs> i know yeah with a pitch which I, I mean, I love animals, but damn, I could watch that bird get exploded. Oh, my God. It, it, yeah, it's I've not even that. that he hit a bird. He exploded a fucking bird. He exploded it, man. It came just right out of the sky. The feathers. <laughs> uh, I've got that gif, and I watch it all the time. <laughs> it's just on loop. <laughs> right. Um, number three is going to be Mike Piazza. Um, catcher for the Mets because around the time I started getting into baseball, um, I liked the Mets a lot, mostly because I was on the Mets and my my, my little league team. So I was just like, I already got the hat. I might as well just you know, start following. <laughs> I already got the hat. <laughs> start following the what Mets a, cheap a little bit. bastard! I, I already know. have the hat. <laughs> Kill two birds one stone, just like Randy Johnson. <laughs> Um, oh, so, shit. And he was the catcher for the Mets, and I was a catcher for the Mets. So, different. Oh, okay. <laughs> a big old asterisk on that story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, number two, uh, Pete Rose, uh, obviously. Yes. Um, got it. Just the way he talks about baseball so passionately um, is still just inspiring. Um, you know, he obviously loved the game just for the for the game. Um, he wasn't in it for anything else. Um, and it's a tragedy what happened we're gonna move past that um well he's maybe in it for a little bit else (laughs) well we won't get into that (laughs) um number one is ken griffey jr um He's got an awesome documentary, too. Um, check it out. It was like one of the yeah. ESPN 30 for 30s. Um, and after watching that, I am just so on board. He is probably my, definitely my favorite athlete of all time. Um, people compared him to like the Michael Jordan of baseball. Like He made it cool again, um, just the way he yeah. carried himself. Um and it's got he's got such a cool story too. He's he uh, his dad was from Cincinnati and played for the Reds, yeah. and then played for the Mariners. They both played on the Mariners together for a while. Yes. There's a video where they uh, they both hit back to back home runs, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he it, basically when he was kind of like getting old and wanting to think about retiring he moved and played for the reds like in his last few years um and he retired way too early just because the documentary also talked about like he he gave 110 percent every time he had no fear of anything he would like crash into walls just to like you know grab a steal a home run from somebody had zero regard for his body which is why he got injured so much and his basically his whole time on the reds he was pretty bad but um I'm so glad he got to do that. So, well, I I could almost bumps. I could probably bump off Curtis Martin just because I don't know him as a person for Ken Griffey Jr. Because yeah. actually, in that era, when I was younger, was when I had when I, I, I it's like I love baseball when I was younger, but obviously I didn't understand it. I just knew yeah. like, but but when I we, we were probably around the same age, 
and it was during the big home run race with like mm-hmm. Griffey, Mark McGuire, uh, oh yeah, Barry Sandy Bonds, Sosa? yeah, and Sosa. Like, yeah, well, it, Griffey was a part of that, but he was like at the tail end though, right? Right. Yeah. Am I am I remembering that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, okay. he was definitely in it, but the the two main. It, it, there's a documentary too that I haven't seen um, on that whole race with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, which I need to watch. But that was because you know when, when I was a kid, my whole family was like Cubs fans, so right. I was like I fo- I kind of followed the Cubs, so I, I thought it was like super interesting. Um, I liked Sammy Sosa a lot, so yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, but around that time, I remember they did like a bat, like a little toy bat, where it actually they on on the toy bat they actually put in like their grips on the bat oh yeah so like they would like indent the fingers and stuff so you can grip the bat like them oh that's cool so they had a mark mcguire bat that i had they had a ken griffey jr bat that i had i mean it's just these toy bats but yeah but you could actually like grip it like how they gripped it yeah that's cool which was really interesting but yeah no ken griffey jr um for a long time when i was younger was the only baseball player i knew and the only baseball ca- player I cared about, and I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure Ken Griffey Jr. is the reason I like the Reds. Yeah. And I didn't pick some dumbass New York team when I was 10. Like, <laughs> I picked the shittiest New York team that's ever existed. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, Come I on, don't, man. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, like, honestly, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ken Griffey Jr. is. Oh, I thought you were giving me a jab at, like, liking the Mets. You were giving yourself a jab for liking the Jets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, I was shitting on myself for liking the Jets. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, to wholeheartedly. Um, no, I don't mind the Mets. Hey, Tebow played for the Mets, man. Oh, God damn it. I don't like the Mets anymore. <laughs> Wait, did you not know that? No, I knew that. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Just making sure. I uh, I know this person through work who only... they She has a New York Mets sticker and a New York Jets sticker on her car. And she's mm-hmm. from New York. And I was, I was talking to her one day. I was like, hey, do you like... Do you, are you a Jets fan? And she was like, yeah. She's like, well, I'm a Tim Tebow fan. And I'm like... Um, oh, no. Those two things are not the same thing. Exactly. I'm pretty sure not every Packers fan was like... or Yeah, every Green Bay fan was like, oh, far place for the Jets now? Burn our fucking jerseys. Yeah, exactly. We're going to follow Favre wherever he goes. Right. Uh, that's fantastic. It, here's the thing. I, I want to interject this real quick. Here's the thing about the Jets. And the time frame that I have been an adult and I have liked the Jets, their head coach had a foot fetish that got exposed online. Oh, their, no. their special teams coach tripped a guy and almost ended his career in a preseason game. <laughs> um, fucking Brett Favre played for us and we thought we were going to go to the Super Bowl and then he sent his dick to his masseuse. Oh God! I forgot I, about that. The fucking ton- I I like to tell people. You want to know why I like Jets? You want to know why I like Jets? Because if you took every NFL team and put them in a room and turned off the lights, I guarantee fucking to you <laughs> that the Jets will be the last team standing. Because you know what they're gonna I- do. They they are the ones coming with shanks yep. and fucking knives, and they are going to brawl their way out of that they're situation. Big. Yeah, they're going to beat the shit out of everybody else. They are going to do some <laughs> shady ass shit. <laughs> Even their punter is just going to just destroy yeah. anyone. <laughs> yeah, he's got brass knucks. Like, they're not going to win anything. They're just going to survive. That's what they're yeah. going to do. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forever they had to share a stadium with the New York Giants. How yeah. fucking broke at I mean they were basically Jersey. Like their stadium is in fucking Jersey. Like right. I don't even they're the most backwood fucking team and I watch them every year. I'm going to watch them today. Them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, they are playing today. Yeah, the season started again. See, that's how much I don't give a shit. Like, I watched the first season, uh, the first game of this season, and I turned it off by the second half. They okay. were doing so fun. I <laughs> just, I, bad. I said, "Fuck this! I'm not gonna watch this fucking bullshit." Yeah. So I got a lot of. <laughs> Got a lot of been up rage about the New York Jets. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Um, all right, move on. Question three, last one. This is really mostly just a question for you. I'm not going to have an answer. Um, I know you've played a bit of D&D in your time or games that resemble D&D. Um, of the people, it, and it doesn't have to be your own personal character, but I want to know, like, what's the coolest character that you've ever heard someone come up with um like what are their powers why are they cool what was their name okay so are you asking more like in characters you're you're talking more about characters that people have created like not just like a pre-made character or somebody that like a game developer made okay no i think i have a pretty good answer for that um I, I, my D&D character is a guy named Victus Van Halen. <laughs> That's amazing. And I made like a ranger elf half. I made a ranger half elf. And the whole his whole story is uh, he was an orphan and he grew up at an orphanage. And one of the mentors there kind of took him under his wing and taught him the ways of a ranger. Mm-hmm. So that's how he became a ranger. But he turned 18 in elf years, which I don't know what that is, um, <laughs> and hit the fucking road. He was rebellion. He he got in a traveling band. He went around. They were like Grand Funk Railroad, you know, like we're an American band. <laughs> and he's busting up, you know, tavern rooms and shit, and he, and he shreds the loot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, but he's like really angsty. He likes parties. He likes girls. So I basically made a member of Motley Crue in half elf D and D form. Is <laughs> That's what I amazing. Yeah. So I'm pretty proud of that, dude. I don't know if you've ever. I, well, I know you haven't. Aaron, when he role plays in D, dude, I love it. It is so funny, dude. Aaron made a character. He made like a druid, and he could like transform into like a bear and shit. It is, oh my god, it's so funny, dude. <laughs> it is so funny. Um, Does he do the voices and everything? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, well, I think his name was Thorum. So he would <laughs> be doing something. I just picked my normal voice because I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. role play a whole voice here. So but Victus it, Van Halen doesn't have a voice? No, Victus Van Halen, I, but I would be very snarky. Gotcha. You know, I would be like, I intimidated a lot of people. I pick people up by their collar and like shake them. I did that a lot. Um, I always had to be very edgy. So like if we were traveling somewhere, I'd be like, all right, I'm like 20 feet away from everybody. Just like scanning (laughs) with my bow. I'd be very edgy. Like I always had to like sleep up in a tree for away from everybody. (laughs) I made him very edgy. But Aaron will will be doing something. He'll be like. Thorm will go over <laughs> and he'll just do this echoing bellow 
for Thorm and it would just crack me up and I think the only thing funnier than me and Aaron just being friends are me and Aaron role playing as friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's even dumber. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I think there was a scene where he got mad at me because I like gave something back to a character that everybody wanted to sell and then like I got drunk at a tavern and then like he came to cheer me up so we got drunk at this tavern. And, like, then all of a sudden we were, like, playing drinking games. And then, like, I'm pretty sure I, he bought me a prostitute. Like, we made up that way. Like, goofy-ass shit. Yeah, a little bit. Well, Mitch, you had a brilliant segue into the meat and potatoes of this thing. Yeah. See what I did there? Um, And we are aware that this is going on very long. So, I yeah. guess, strap in. <laughs> it's about to get longer. That's what she said. <laughs> It's about to just go on. <laughs> These fucking windbags. Uh, um, Mitch, we are playing some fake core today. Yes, we are. We've been are, a long time coming. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't. We haven't. I didn't know what to think about the first three episodes, and it finally took me going back and listening to them to realize, like, damn, these were actually kind of funny, um, which is why I wanted to bring it back. But boy, howdy, have <laughs> I done some stuff. Um, so I wanted to update everybody. So this is going to be the last session we do to end the first season of this thing. Yeah. Uh, this season's title that it should have been all along was just was was just introducing George Michael. That's that's what I would have called this thing when we started. Um, there are three seasons in total and an epilogue. <laughs> I have a very intricate story planned, um, but we're not going to worry about that right now. What we're going to do is we're going to finish out this little arc that we were at with George Michael and Violet Vasquez. Yes. Perfect. I love it. So uh, Mitch, <laughs> I think Mitch needed me to update him a little bit as to what happened before. Yep. <laughs> And I think it would probably help anybody who even remotely cares. Right. <laughs> um, really, all it was, uh, I think it's pretty simple. You know, George Michael, the 17-year-old high school kid, kind of went on a quest to help find Will Byers. Well, he encountered Doug Demidone. Yeah. Hey, I'm Doug Demidone. Huh? <laughs> Call him pork rides. Um, <laughs> that was a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um. He, he encountered Doug Demidone, and uh, him and Doug stumbled upon Demigorgon. Yes, that's right. A young, a young but able-bodied Demigorgon. Um, so after that encounter, um, George Michael kind of kind of stumbled about his hometown, um, but ended up finding Violet Vasquez, younger girl, fourteen years old, smart, spunky, full of tude. Uh, but very, very knowledgeable. So she's been kind of tracking weird occurrences in the town and through their collective effort um, realized that the Wabash Historical... Uh, the, the Wabash History Museum <laughs> had a little bit more going on than they thought. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they uh, started a mission to break into the Wabash History Museum. Uh, they broke in. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm Robbie. I'm here to fix the sprinkles. <laughs> also a flashback. So good. Um, 
So they break in and uh, they discover this giant underground base. And um, through traveling through this base and dealing with all these random kind of security guards kind of people, uh, it was a lot of Mitch just being like, hey, I'm Robbie. I'm here to fix the <laughs> And then being like, sprinklers? We don't have any sprinklers. It was like a 30s. Well, that's a problem right there, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I found the issue. You don't fucking have any. All right. <laughs> The, I, the, fire marshal's, the fire marshal's been on my ass. <laughs> the fire marshal's on my ass. <laughs> right. So it was a lot of him bluffing his way through this entire underground yeah. base. But here's where we're going to pick up. They made it to the main control room mm-hmm. of this underground base. So you you started this mission at night. Um, you You've been in this underground basement for a couple hours now, just traversing it. Very long hallways, lots of turns. You've been in here a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's where we're going to pick up. All right. So you and Violet find yourselves in the main control room of this underground base below the Wabash History Museum. The control room is a fairly vast room full of desks, filing cabinets, kind of just all in a line. Um, Many desks thrown about, uh, files thrown about, cold cups of coffee, um, smolder, smoldering ashtrays kind of just litter the room mm-hmm. around you. Um, in the middle of this room, you see a computer. So, computers, fairly large, very large computer, sitting at the main desk in the middle of this room with kind of, kind of one of those like interrogation lamps kind of <laughs> shining over this desk. Um, so Violet kind of perks up and says, like, okay, I think. I think this is where we need to be. We need to gather as much information as we can. Look, I'm kind of good on computers, okay? I like them. I take them apart. I put them back together. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> I'm going to head over to the computer. I'm going to see what I can gather from the computer. You look around and see what you can find, okay? Got it. Okay. All right. So Violet goes over to the computer. She starts, you know, clacking away on the computer. I wish I had a spare keyboard for the ambience. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. Um, so she kind of starts clacking away. So she's kind of she's kind of got something that she needs to work on over there. So she's going to be doing that for a minute. So Mitch, where do you where do you want to start this endeavor? Okay, so she's in the she's uh, looking at the uh, the computer. Uh, I see a file cabinet um, that I'm assuming has some some information in there that I can use and gather. Um, just kind of an OG filing system. So I'm yeah, gonna head very, over there. Okay, all right. So you're very right. Very OG file filing cabinet. <laughs> Everything's very just like A through Z kind of a vibe. Uh, what I'm gonna do real quick. Uh, Violet is working towards something, so I'm gonna do a roll for Violet real quick. Okay. Okay, so she's working on a computer. This is gonna involve her craft, so she's gonna be doing a craft roll, which she has a plus three on. All right, she got a plus four. Okay. Cool. So she got that. Okay. Mitch, go ahead and do an investigate roll for me. So go ahead and roll. You're going to go over to this filing cabinet. You're going to pull open this comically large drawer. (laughs) All right. I got negative one. 
Negative one. Well, investigate is actually one of your skills. It's a plus one, so you're going to even out at zero. All right. So uh, let me check something here. Um, okay. Um, so you don't really find anything in this filing cabinet. You're looking through. It's just file after file. You barely know what you're looking at. Mm. You're really not seeing anything important. Sure. Um, you decide to go ahead and close the filing cabinet. Um, you go ahead and close that up. You kind of walk around. You're just looking around. On a desk, though, you do happen to look down. And you see a little gold pin. Kind of like something somebody would put on a lapel. Hmm. Yeah. And you pick it up and look at it. And it's a, it's a snake eating its own tail with a small cross in the middle. Hmm. So it creates a circle and there's just like a small, but it's like a, it's fairly, it's about, about the size of a quarter, maybe a little bit larger, but it's a snake eating its own tail with a little cross in the middle. That's and what I, you found. And I'm supposed to know what to do with that? <laughs> no, you just find that. I just find it. Okay. Gotcha. So, um, all right, we're going to flip back over to Violet. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. See what she's cooking up. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do another roll for her. Ooh, not good. Not good. Not good. Minus Shit. one. So, minus one. Okay. Violet is kind of hitting a wall a little bit on this um, computer. Um, so she, so she's kind of like, you know, George, try to, try to see if there's a password or a series of numbers written down or something somewhere. I gotta, I, I'm, I'm up against the firewall. There you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 Try big boobs with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, gross um <laughs> also didn't work so thank you for that damn it all right all right <laughs> it was worth a shot okay so violet kind of goes back to typing um do you want to try to look around for for any kind of password anything like that yeah definitely um yeah how okay. would i go about doing that um well, just go ahead and do an investigate room i mean you're in a room full of files and desks so really you can kind of sure. just go anywhere so sure. why don't you go ahead and do a do another investigate roll for mm -hmm. me let's see what you get okay so oh shit uh plus two plus two plus your skill is gonna give you a plus three all right okay so that is gonna nab you something you're going to pick up a file. Um, uh, this file on the front says Operation Wrist Rocket. Wrist Rocket? Yeah, Wrist <laughs> All Rocket. All right. Okay. Now, this file that you picked up, you actually picked it off a desk. You did see a numeric code. It was about six digits. Hmm. Um, just kind of like written on kind of like uh, uh, at the like top left corner of a legal pad. So yeah. we kind of just scribbled it down real quick. Do you want to do you want to give this to Violet? Yeah, definitely. All right. So you're going to go over and give her, you know, the the code that you found. She's going to try it out and see if it works. OK, the, so the code me... I found is six, nine, six, nine, six, nine. So, yeah. OK, six, nine, six, nine, six, nine. OK, perfect. Um. 
Okay, cool. All right, so... Okay, so she's like, oh, man, awesome, that worked. Also, why? <laughs> why would you make that your password? <laughs> why is that this password? So she's in, she's looking over stuff. So you go ahead cool. and open, um, go ahead and do one more investigate roll for me. All right. Um, nothing. Plus one. Plus one, so plus two. Okay. All right, so you open this file of Operation Risk Rocket. Um, you start to read through, so it's kind of like a little bit of a dossier on this guy named Franklin DuBois. Okay. So you're discovering a lot of information in this file. What you're learning is that Franklin DuBois um, kind of was an ex-cop, now kind of works as a gumshoe a couple cities over. Um, he, You hear a lot of things like, you know, marked as a target um investigating the society trying to gather information considered a threat those kind of things so as you're reading through that the main things that are kind of jumping out at you are like you know society marked as threat like why is what is this connect to so violet kind of chirps up and she's like you know george come over here um, so you, you shuffle over and, and she's showing you stuff on the computer. So what she's showing you is that the security that is there in this base is actually ran by a place, by something called the Riven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and it seems that Riven is kind of this organization almost like kind of a secret society because she's opening up different files that just talk about riven code of conduct you know Ooh, um yeah. different phrases different code words for all this stuff about riven i bet that's what that pin was all about that's a it's a yeah it's, it's a little uh, badge of honor so so you show her the pen <clears throat> yeah okay so you pull that pin out that you found and she's like, well, that's weird because look, and she shows you there's a little icon hanging out in the top right corner that's the same exact thing. Yeah, fucking nailed it. So it's like, you know, it's one of those like old like DOS <laughs> things where it's like yeah. green and black, you know, <laughs> right. um, but you could see you could see the symbol there. It's yeah, like yeah, imprinted yeah. no matter what you open. So you're starting to realize that there might be something going on here. Um so you're you're kind of showing her the file. You're talking about this guy, Franklin Boys. Like, yeah, he just lives a, a few cities over. Um, you know, all this stuff. You're kind of sh you guys are collaborating all your information. So mm -hmm. you're starting to kind of see that clearly. Her dad, who did work as a security guard here, is not just a security guard. He works for Riven. Mm -hmm. So whatever Riven is, this is a Riven base. Gotcha. They're the ones who have this set up here, and there's just file of information after information after information, um, just ab about a lot of what's been going on about you know these uh, these creatures that exist. You know, it's like it's all very vague. You can't really gain a lot from it. But just at this time, you hear a door slam open. Oh shit! It just, it's just, it's just fucking bam. And you look up, and at the other side of the room. You didn't notice when you came in. You didn't. You didn't look for it. There was a door to an office. Oh no! So out walks this very stocky big guy. Big guy in a uniform, little bit of armor on, kind of, kind of just like you know vest, 
that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. He, ha- he has some kind of armor on, and he's just like, hey, the fuck you doing here? <laughs> I'm Robbie. <laughs> uh, we were just leaving, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not going down that way. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to fight you then. <laughs> Well, bully to you, good sir. <laughs> I just, you have to announce when you're about to fight someone. You can't like just catch them off guard. <laughs> so he he kind of um, he so he kind of starts to roll up. So he was kind of yeah. off into the corner of the room. You guys are in the very middle. So he kind of starts to roll up to to you. So yeah, you're definitely in combat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, Mitch, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you first go. What okay. do you want to do? So I have got a uh, plus two for Bob and Weave. So I believe I have to use a fate point in order to get plus two on this fight, right? Yeah. So if you wanted to do like, do you want to just go start trying to box the guy? Uh, yeah, I think we should just start off with fist, man. OK. All right. So you're going to you're going to roll up to him. You're going to you're going to kind of square up on him. So he kind of squares up on you. Um, yeah, go ahead and take your fate points down to two. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you use Bob and Weave, one of your stunts. And you're going to have a plus two to fight. So you go ahead and roll a fight roll for me, buddy. All right. So, oh boy, that's not good. I got a negative one. All right. So you hit, and this is, I'm going to have to like keep track of this as we go. So, all right. So he is going to defend against that. Oh, whoa. All right. That's unexpected. Well, you you beat him by one. All right. So with that stunt, you were able to kind of like just sort of pop in and just like like do like a one, two, one, two, like mm-hmm. kind of just give him a little combo there. Mm-hmm. So you beat him by one. So he's going to take one point of damage. All right. So now it's going to flip back over to him. OK, now he's going to get a turn. Um, he's a little caught off guard. He feels a little bit embarrassed. Kind of feels like he maybe shouldn't have underestimated you. He didn't expect you to be a world-class boxer. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> so he is going to go ahead, and he's he's going to throw a few fists back. So I'm going to do his fight roll. Wow, okay. Um, I will not tell you what he got, but can you go ahead and do a fight roll for me to defend, Mitch? Mm-hmm. So I got a uh, plus two. Wow, so you got a plus two. Plus, on, four, plus four, right? Because that's, so, yeah. yeah. Kicking holy, this guy's ass. Holy shit. So you kind of did. So he kind of swung at you a couple times. You just, you bobbed and weaved. You just <laughs> kept it down and you just fired back, hit him with oh. a little haymaker. Oh, yeah, baby. So you're actually going to throw four points of damage on this guy. So he uh, he's hurting. He's not looking good. So what Violet's gonna do? All this going on, um, she kind of like, kind of kind of runs off to the side. She kind of hides behind a desk. She doesn't want to get right up in the fray, but she sees that you've hurt this guy a little bit. You've given him some trouble. So she's gonna kind of roll in with that bat that you gave her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's gonna kind of roll in. She's gonna try and just fucking like cap this guy at the knees uh, okay i thought you were gonna say she was gonna bash his head in like dude, you're 14 like <laughs> she's gonna fucking murder him no she's she's going for his legs so she's good, gonna do a fight call. roll she does not have fight as a skill she only got a plus one 
Um, I'm gonna give her. I'm actually gonna make that a plus two for her because she's catching him off guard. Because you've given him some damage, so he is going to. He is gonna defend at least in some way. So he is actually going to be able to catch Violet out of the corner of his eye, and as she goes to swing that back that that bat at his legs he's gonna kind of turn and just fucking kick her right in the stomach oh you bastard just give her a solid kick in the stomach knock the wind out of her she's gonna fly back and hit one of the desk so violet's violet's gonna take a couple damage here now violet's very weak mind you keep that in mind she does not yeah. have a lot of damage to spare mm-hmm so with that, Mitch, we're going to flip back to you. So he's taking some damage. He just kicked fucking Violet right in the stomach. You have taken no damage. Um, you are down to two fate points. What would you like to do to this guy? Can I... Is it possible for me to use that bat? Or is that off the table? Um. Well, what happened was he kicked her when she was trying to swing the bat. So she did drop the bat. Now, the bat kind of fell more towards him, so it's kind of right behind him on the ground. Mm. Um, you can try to kind of make a move and like do kind of like a dodge roll over and hop and try and pick up the bat and use it if you want to try and do that. Yeah, I think I'll do that. I'm going to I'm gonna try to maneuver my way around him or right between his fucking legs. Why not? I bob and weave. Oh, okay. Okay. I see you. Okay. So I am going to, so to do that, I'm going to make you do an athletics roll. Okay. Which is not one of your skills. So whatever you roll is what you get. All right. That's a negative one. (laughs) Negative one. All right. So in order to combat that, um, we're just going to do, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to do a defend roll. We're going to let, see if he's agile enough to kind of catch you in the middle of this. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you kind of do this, like, juke and then just fucking run and slide under his legs. Yeah. All right. So you slide under his legs um, and then you are able to pick up the bat. So you got the bat now. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that was that was kind of your turn. So it's kind of going to flip back to him. Mm -hmm. And he's he's just going to take a pretty solid swing at you. Okay. Um, So I'm going to do a fight roll for him real quick. What the fuck is going on? Um, all right. Go ahead and do a fight roll to defend for me, Mitch. Are the gods smiling on me today? It looks um, like it, man. All right. I got a plus one. Oh, yeah. No, you definitely beat that. Okay. Yeah. So you definitely. Um, he goes to swing at you and just fucking whiffs. You dodge under him. Now you got the bat. You want to take a swing at him with the bat? I sure do. All right, so I so grabbed I, it. That's why I picked it up. <laughs> All right. I am going to make you use a fate point to use the bat. Oh, okay. So I am going to take you and down to one. You still have one left. One left. But I'm going to give you a plus one on this roll because you're using the bat. Okay. So go ahead and give me a fight roll. <laughs> Zero. Okay. But you have a skill of two. Yeah. And plus the bat. So you're actually going to end up. Doing a plus three. Cool. All right, we're going to roll for the guard. Oh, 
All right, you didn't beat him by a lot, but you did beat him. So you got him, um, you weren't able to get him in the head, but you were able to ch- kind of just like whack him real hard right on the shoulder. Mm, okay. so, he took, so he took a pretty solid hit there on the shoulder. So, okay, let's, uh, let's slow it down a little bit. There's a lot of fighting. So you guys kind of back up away from each other. So you have the bat in hand. He's still chilling there. Violet starts to kind of pull herself together. And she's just like, George, what do I do? Because <laughs> she's kind of freaking out a little bit because she just got kicked into a fucking desk. Right, right. Um, we're going to grab that file and we're going to run out of here as fast as we can. <laughs> I okay. Think we, I think we got what we needed. Okay. So with that being said, you were going to try to run past this guard. I want you to go ahead and do an athletics roll. And I'm going to do one for Violet. All right, zero. Okay, so, you know, you're like, grab the file, let's get out of here. So she grabs the file, you guys kind of, like, try to use the desk to maneuver. Violet is able to get away and get past you, or get past him. So she's kind of more towards where you guys came from. This guy, though, he's locked in on you. He's squared up with you. So he's kind of squared up with you. So you kind of come around, pass a lot of the desk, and now you're just kind of in the middle of the room, squared up again. Okay. Do I just have to beat this guy senseless still? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not a bad idea to run away, but, like, uh, Violet actually has athletics as a decent skill. You don't have athletics at all. Right. So whatever you're rolling, you're rolling. Uh, yeah. This 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 head guard actually has athletics as a skill, so he's kind of beating you in, in gotcha. athletics. Yeah. Okay. So I should probably take one more swing at him. Now, can I use the bat again, or can I just, or do I, or would that be, would I have to use a point to use the bat? I I would require you to use a fate point to use the bat because it is right. gonna it is gonna give you a buff, but you can you have one fate point left, so you can yeah. use it again. No, that's all right. I think I'd like to save up that fame point, and I am going to just try to throw another haymaker. Maybe knock him unconscious long enough for us to bail. Okay, so you're going to throw the bat kind of like in your backpack kind of style, and you're going to roll up, and you're going to throw one. So go ahead and do a fight roll for me. Okay. Oh, shit. Plus two. All right. So you got a plus two on your fight. That brought you up to four. This guy got a minus one. Okay, so you do. You kind of like juke him a little bit, and this time you hit him with a left. Yeah. When he wasn't expecting. <laughs> hit him with a left. Gotta watch out for that southpaw. So you hit him with this left haymaker, and you you catch him right on the fucking chin. That yeah. was right what you needed. You you get him. He kind of stumbles back and falls over, and he's not completely in, incapacitated. But you have an opening now to get past him. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take off. All right, you're gonna head out. So you and Violet grab the file. You start running out of the control room. You start running up the spiraling staircase that you guys like went down to get there. And then you kind of hear over the intercom system. You hear like a code Hades. I repeat, Code Hades is enacted. <laughs> Sounds ominous. Everyone take your positions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So you guys are running, but you hear this thing about Code Hades, and then all of a sudden, shit just starts catching on fire. Uh. 
So it seems like the base is almost like self-destructing. You're seeing oh, like oh shoot. You're seeing like computers kind of fucking yeah. blow up almost. You see kind of like just fire start and smoke start bellowing out of rooms and all the guards are running out to the hallway and they're like, oh, hey, fuck, it's Robbie. Robbie, we got to get out of here, man. It's code Hades. <laughs> fuck the sprinklers, man. But you can't you can't stop code Hades. I told you you were going to have issues, man. <laughs> if you would have just followed safety protocols like I told you. <laughs> Robbie, you're a day, you're a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> so you're running. You guys are fucking booking. You're booking past all these rooms and all these hallways that you guys had ran through so yeah. fortunately you're fairly able to to track how you were going mm-hmm. um mitch go ahead and do an athletics roll for me all right okay plus one all right so as you guys are running out uh violet seems to kind of be able to keep out of people's way unfortunately you're not so you're bumping into everybody and fucking, you know, kind of kind of getting tossed around. So, you know, it's just crazy. They're all like, oh, hey, it's, it seems like almost every room you you exit and go into a new kind of hallway, you're bumping into somebody who's like, oh, it's Robbie. Like, Robbie, <laughs> let's get the fuck out of here, man. Um, all right. Go, go ahead and do another athletics roll. Uh, all right. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, I got a plus four. Oh Th- shit! That just like does not happen, right? <laughs> uh, that's yeah, that's fucking amazing. You yeah. got all pluses. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you guys are making it. Uh, Violet kind of trips and stumbles. You you pick her and grab her up, and but now you kind of start to notice that like doors are starting to kind of almost get blown off. So now as you're running down a hallway, you're 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 feeling like. The doors like get just blown open by fire. Like this thing is fucking melting. Yeah. So it's just you kind of running down a hallway with Violet. You're holding her hand, and there's all these guards kind of running with you, just sort of like, you know, like, oh, what the fuck? And they're knocking shit over and everything. Do one last athletic stroll. It's the last one you have to do. Okay. Um. Plus one. As you guys are running, you start to kind of like realize that shit's kind of hitting the fan. Like, clearly. <laughs> yeah. But you realize you're kind of running out of space. So you kind of start to just kind of start, like, bowing guards down. You're just, like, kind of <laughs> knocking them down at this point. Okay? You're you're just getting them out of the way because you know that, like, you got to you gotta help Violet here. Because it's not... You're, you're not going to be able to get out in time. So as you kind of are knocking people down and everything, you hear, like, guards in the back kind of start to, like, Ah, shit! And they're, like, kind of caught on fire and shit. And they're, <laughs> oh, like... No. It's 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 going down. Yeah. So you guys are finally able to make it back up into the room where you started. So this is the actual history museum that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys kind of like fight your way through. You make it. It's only you and a couple other guards. And you make it through and you guys are kind of just like, you know, hands on your knees, just huffing and breathing. And then you kind of just hear this low rumble and it just kind of like builds and builds and it just fucking fucking explodes building just fucking explodes knocks you guys just fucking out, uh, out through the fucking windows of this shit jesus all right so you guys made it okay you made it but here's here's what's happening so you find yourself you find your yourselves laying on your backs on the pavement outside you're covered in sweat your ears are ringing 
you're kind of stumbling around trying to trying to just like find your bearings like you know you know violet's okay she's right there and then just as you start to kind of hear the the silence of the night you know as your ears kind of adjust you hear sirens off in the distance and then you start to hear the guards kind of murmuring like code hades code hades well we gotta we gotta mobilize like hey uh what's this i hear about fucking sprinklers all goddamn night (laughs) Did we maybe think that the sprinklers and Code Hades are fucking related? <laughs> Y'all maybe want to like go figure out who is fixing the sprinklers. We don't need a fucking sprinkler system. Our Code Hades is fire. <laughs> That's how we destroy shit. Why would we have a sprinkler system? And they're all like, I don't know. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy. Like, yeah, he seems he seemed decent. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'd get a beer with him. I don't really know why you're being such an ass about it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he gave us gum. Like, I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking, yeah, fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> fucking. So, so you and Violet book. You, yeah. you realize, like, shit is hitting the fan. So you guys book off. You guys are ducking through alleyways, side streets. You're just fucking, but you're trying to put as much distance at this place. You'll, you see cops flying by on the main road, you know, just zooming by. So you guys run for, for a good fucking distance. We're talking, like, five or six blocks, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can hear all the commotion at the base still. Um, you do kind of see, like, kind of, like, pickup trucks with, like, kind of people hanging out in the back. Um, you know, the guards, like you recognize them as guards kind of flying yeah. up and down the side streets. So you're able to come out onto one of the major streets and, um, you guys are, are once again, there, kind of just holding your hands on your knees, just huffing and puffing. You're fucking exhausted. Okay. And then you see, you see a truck just like <laughs> fucking around the turn onto your street and it's fucking going and it's just like swerving, knocking over yeah. trash cans and shit. And it just like, Right, it's up to you. Just fucking burning the tires out, stopping. Kicks open doors like, George, it's me, Doug. Oh, Doug, man, I'm so glad to fucking see you, brother. <laughs> me too, man. I stumbled on some shit, and it kind of looks like you did too. Hop in the truck, man. Yeah, we got to go, man. Yeah, we got a lot to catch up on. <laughs> so, so you and Violet hop in the cab of this truck, and he just fucking peels it out and uh starts to starts to head out of town for you guys and he's like mm-hmm. shit george it's good to see you um who's your who's your friend hey uh this is violet uh she's been helping me uh yeah she was, she, that's it that's all i'd like to say <laughs> <laughs> violet is is tired enough that she doesn't care but Doug's right. sort of like all right no i got gotcha. you um yeah man I, I dropped you off out of town. I've had black sedans follow me all the time. I've been kicking some ass. Been, oh, right on, Doug. You give him the haymaker? <laughs> oh, I've been beating the shit out of people because uh, they keep following me around. And it's, I don't know what they're trying to do. It's like they're trying to capture me or yeah, something. Yeah, they it's, probably it's, are, man. I got to tell you, I don't know why I have like a Southern accent all of a sudden because I thought I was like, earlier I had a Brooklyn accent, although I'm pretty sure that was fake. I don't know. I don't know who I am anymore. I'm I so think, down. <laughs> I, th- I think your Brooklyn accent is is Robbie. Yeah, it, that's right. You, that's right. It, yeah. your, is you deceiving? I think your Southern accent comes out when you're hanging out with Doug because I think you're just you're mirroring Doug. He's just such a good guy. It's just yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he's like, well, do, uh, did did that explosion over there at the history museum have anything to do with you? Uh, yeah, man, we were there. We, uh, we, we caught some shit that I I got a whole, uh, I mean, 
I got I got I got so much information to give you. Um, we need to we need to talk or get some coffee or something. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Uh, uh, I'm just glad you guys are okay. Well, uh, what, what's your what's your little friend's name over here? Oh, that's uh, that's Violet. Oh, okay. Well, hi, Violet. Nice to meet you. Violet's kind of done. She's just kind of yeah. staring out the window, and and just kind of just just she's she's a little shook. She's a little shook up from the whole thing. She's the one that tried to kill a guy with a baseball bat. I don't know what her deal is. Fucking prude. <laughs> yeah, kill a guy, and then you act all innocent about right. it. So, all right. Well, she's the strong, silent type. I can't say I don't mind that. Well, let's uh, let's get out of town. We'll uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll go from there. So, all right. uh, you guys are heading out of town. Um, the go ahead figures maybe the best way to kind of ease the tension in the the cab of this truck is uh turn on the radio he turns on the radio and uh molly hatchet's flirting with disaster comes on <laughs> all right so as molly hatchet sings a flirting with disaster you guys roll out of town off to figure out what the hell's going on and to collaborate your information yeah okay and then i'm gonna roll i'm gonna have a roll to change the radio station um because i don't want to listen to that um and i rolled and oh it's uh joe rogan uh so <laughs> joe rogan. <laughs> we're all in a car listening to joe rogan experience now <laughs> here actually i tell you what go ahead hold on i'm trying to think where this would go i'm gonna i'm gonna have you do Oh man, I don't know what this would go under. Do a deceive roll. Okay. <laughs> negative three. Oh, you have a plus two, so it's still a negative one. All right, hold on. Let me roll for Doug real quick. Oh shit. Okay, so you go to kind of you go you go to switch the radio station. Doug kind of looks down. And he's like, hey. Uh, you guys been through a lot. You go ahead and change it. <laughs> so you're going to change the radio station. Mitch, what, what song do you think should be playing as you guys victoriously ride out of town? Oh, man, that is such a good question. How about... Full Circle. Oh, my God, that was actually... <laughs> A fucking amazing. Oh, perfect. Oh, that. you guys roll out of town to T-Rex's <laughs> Bangagong. Get it on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mitch, that ends the session. That ends the season. This was the end of the season. This was this was the arc I had planned out for you from the beginning. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I knew I knew it was going to come to blows. I knew it was going to be an epic fight, but I didn't realize how epic it would be. I just kept running into bastard guard after bastard guard. And, uh, man, I took some damage, but uh, in the process, whew, what a good time. We're safe. <laughs> yeah, you're safe. You have a lot of information about this Riven place. Clearly, they know what's going on with the, with the Demigorgons. Right. Like, you know, they have some idea. You know, um, you got. Oh this. fuck! I bet they know where Will is. I just put that down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, uh, you have this dossier on Franklin Dubois, who yeah. seems to be investigating them, has information on him, is considered a threat. Is that where you're going? I don't know yet. We'll see. 
Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how we're playing this. This kind of ends it. So we'll take a break and do some other episodes, and uh, we'll come back and pick up with season two of Fate Core, I think. Yeah. And I have named it. I'll do a little tease. It's called A Murder of Crows. Ooh, all right. It sounds ominous. Because a flock of crows are called a murder. Ooh. <laughs> Fun fact. It's also foreshadowing. It's a metaphor. Ooh. I put a lot of work into this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell. I can tell you have put a lot of work into it. And, and I'm sure that that's going to come back around. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out why. <laughs> All right, Mitch. Well, that's uh, that was our fate core session. Um, so let's uh, let's end this thing outright. Mitch, lately, what you been cranking, buddy? All right. So I have been cranking um, the Greenhorns. Um, pretty awesome little side project of the bassist and drummer for the Rack and Tours. Um, are in a band f- uh, called the Greenhorns. They're actually from Cincinnati. Um, so check them out. Um, I was going down a whole little uh, Jack White, uh, White Stripes, Rack and Tours, the the Jack White Empire rabbit hole, and part <laughs> of that is the Greenhorns. Right. Um, so yeah, check them out. Um, not sure what song I want to shout out yet, um, but stay tuned. I'll put it on the playlist. Um, they're pretty dope. They're very much kind of like, they're kind of like the rock and tours, but a little bit more sixties psych, uh, in a, in a way. So, oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. cool. I, I definitely knew they existed, but I definitely actually have not listened to them. So this will be my, uh, cause I definitely go back and listen to the playlist quite often. So this will be how I will get exposed to them. Yeah, you definitely should. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you'd like him. It is kind of right up your alley. So, Sweet. With the whole, yeah. So, um, yeah. What about you? Uh, I have been cranking and to kind of circle back to one of our first conversations here. Um, a man by the name of Warren Savon. Oh, okay. Yeah, is he the one that sings uh, "Werewolves of London"? He is. Yeah. In fact. He is, and also that album is fucking amazing. It's so good. He has a song called Lawyers, Guns, and Money, and it fucking fucking rocks. And the thing about Warren Zavon is I think when he would sit down to write a song, he had no idea what song he was going to write. He has, like, songs that are, like, Irish folk music and then like country tunes and then he writes werewolves in London which is like really barely a song it just does the same thing over and over again yeah like (laughs) really just a really interesting cat and I think all I was gonna elaborate on was just we talked about music from like that late 60s early 70s era I think one reason I like that music so much is because I think I just hear the genuineness in it. Mm-hmm. It's people just writing songs, recording the songs. Um, the production value usually in those songs is really incredible because you really hear what they were trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I just I love how not modern it is and it gives it a certain tonality and a certain feel that I just fuck with it's just like when you listen to sly and the family stone right it sounds like it's just them in a room doing the song mm-hmm. and yeah. i love i love i love the sound of albums like that right yeah so yeah that's dope 
Um, yeah, no, I, I will definitely go back and listen to him because I haven't, uh, I haven't a whole lot. I mostly just know that one song, um, Werewolves of London, because Kid Rock samples it in that shitty song all summer long, which also sounds exactly like Sweet Home Alabama. So does our, our like Werewolves of London and Sweet Home Alabama, does that have the same like riff or am I misremembering that? No, what Kid Rock did was he, he sampled both of them and put them together. Gotcha. Okay. So what Kid Rock did was that trend where you can take two songs that are in the same key in the same tempo. And, yeah. Or, you know, close enough where you can adjust them a little bit and throw them together. Right. That's You can do that with an app now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what Kid Rock did for a fucking song. He thought, <laughs> man, I'm Southern, even though I'm from Michigan, and yeah. I love that. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Sweet Home Alabama, the Southern Man Anthem. Is this is this Doug Dimino? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and I'm gonna take Warren Savon because clearly the guy who writes Irish folk music and country folk songs, obviously we love Warren Savon because everybody knows who, I, it makes no fucking sense. But that's what right. he did. He took he literally just took Werewolves of London, Sweet Home Alabama, crashed them together, and he was like. Drinking whiskey after bottle. Oh my god! Don't don't even get into it. <laughs> yeah, I I fucking I, the Leonard Skinner fan in me hates that song. Even I hate Kid yeah. Rock so goddamn much. Yep, same. <laughs> okay, but yeah, no, that's uh, that's what he did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I, I actually Googled that, and one of the first uh, articles that popped up was just an article entitled, um, is, the, is, is, uh, is Sweet Home Alabama Racist? <laughs> so I am definitely going to look into that. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, they also diss Neil Young in that song. They do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like, it was like, it was like kind of a fate. Be- you know, the lead singer of Leonard Skinner got buried in a Neil Young t-shirt. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah. Well, huh. it's a little bit of myth, but I like to think it's true. Yeah. They. they I would hope so. They had what I would refer to as a friendly rivalry. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Gotcha. I was really into Leonard Skinner for a while. <laughs> I kind of hate. I kind of hate both of them. So uh, <laughs> the oh, most unexciting. Yeah, I don't like Neil Young. Uh, uh, yeah, mostly like I, I can't stand his voice. Um, he's a very weak singer and not in a cool like Bob Dylan way. Um, his voice is just so nasally and kind of shrill, um, and especially in his older age, which I can't fault him for that. But um, yeah, he can't. I don't, I don't think he can fucking sing. He does have a very nasally voice. I cannot disagree with you there. Um, I have strong opinions on Neil Young that we do not need to get into right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. But, all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. That was a fun one, like always. Um, we will catch you guys na- next week. Um, until then, keep your Jeezy bags fresh. <laughs> <laughs>